my dad would cook for him and all the guides lived in this little we called it the mouse mahal i mean it was just a little rundown shack I'm kind of an addictive person if i ever get on drugs i feel like it's over <laughs> All right, guys, we're back after a little bit of a extended break here. Had hunt, Ira had hunting trips, and we had a couple work things going on, so it's been a little bit. But I thought we'd jump on here and do another episode before duck season. And I thanks for everybody reaching out and asking us to get back and do more. And I appreciate you guys listening. I know we both do, and and hopefully you can get something out of it because we we do enjoy doing them. So made time to do it. Today's Friday, and uh, thought we'd just kind of talk about what we've done this off season and then kind of hit on uh, some preseason stuff and, and season just around the corner. So without further ado, we'll get into it. Uh, Ira is here with us. So we're looking forward to it. Thank you. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Ira actually just got back from Canada. So we'll start that out. Uh, one kind of tell us a little bit about your trip, Ira, and how was it? And then also kind of what was the duck numbers in your part of the, in your part of the, uh, the motherland there, what, what were you seeing and how was the hunting? Uh, yeah, I went to um, the Alberta-Saskatchewan border and uh, hunted with the Higdon guys and the Higdon TV crew. So um, we went up there and uh, we had a great trip. Uh, we had two afternoon hunts that, that were really good snow goose hunts. I think one afternoon, four guns got 165 or something. And then a couple of days later, there were six of us and we shot uh 200 and i don't know like 240 geese there in a little over two hours so had a couple bangers and then you know you always have some days where there's clouds no wind and whatever or hunts anyway and and uh we had a couple of things that kind of went wrong uh one day so we had one day that was kind of a, a little bit of a flop which also kind of comes with the territory but all in all it was a really good trip um we hunted with some guys, uh, the name of the outfit's Hidden Prairie Waterfowl. They also run the Rossi Posse down in uh, down in Arkansas for snows. And, uh, man, they had some nice dogs there. Uh, they had four, four or five different dogs there. And the interesting thing about their dogs was that they had trained all their dogs to sit on the beep, on the collar beep. So... Nobody was ever blowing any whistles or anything like that. It was cool, man. They'd hit that button and, and give them the beep, and, man, you'd see that dog just put the brakes on or cloud of dust out there. Um, so, yeah, you know, I used to, when I had Sadie and she was deaf, I'd either nick her or buzz her to get her to sit. But, uh, you know, if you train them to the beep, of course, if they go deaf, I guess they still wouldn't hear that. But but it's pretty nice not to have the whistle blowing all the time and, and all that stuff. And, and they were kind of like Joe and I, you know, we don't really scream at our dogs. We use a, a low, you know, a voice, just kind of talk to them more than anything. Um, you know, if they're way out there, you might yell back or something, but but it's not like, you know, we use a lot of, whole lot of voice and they didn't either. That, that's always nice, you know, when you have somebody that's not blowing their whistle over and over again and screaming at their dog. It's a, it is a, it's a, it's a fresh experience versus a lot of the people that have been around in my lifetime that is, so that is so um, god dang annoying when I, I i don't know i don't know maybe and, and maybe i'm in the i'm finding that i'm in the minority on a lot of things but uh but may man i just nothing will ruin a hunt like i mean i would much rather 
I would much rather hunt with a dog that's not near as good than, you know, even if it's a good dog and, and it's just out there and like, you know, we've all seen it. Like we've been hunting with guys that, you know, bird down way out there and you're doing this field trial routine. I mean, it's just, it's just more than what I want to freaking mess with. Now, if I'm hunting with somebody who's doing that, that's one thing, but if you're coming with me, I mean, I'm going to give you a couple of those and be like, all right, but let's, let's put the, let's put the, let's put the, 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 the trophies and ribbons away, but no, it is, it is nice. And it's kind of cool to see a dog like that. Whenever you, whenever you really see a dog that's trained for the purpose of what they're trying to do, you know? So that's how they do it. They train their dog that way. And there's no, you know, wrong or right way to do it. I, I just think it's funny what different people train their dogs to do. I know whenever uh, Rosie and I were hunting a lot of snow geese together, um, you know, I would, it, it always, it inevitably happens, but the dogs will be coming back with a bird right whenever a group's coming in, you know, and it just seems like it always happens. Sometimes when it's super chaotic on a snow goose feed, it's no big deal. But when I was hunting with those small spreads, um, I always had Rosie in honker hunting too, trying to lay down so she could be come back with a bird in her mouth and hit the whistle twice. And kind of, I had a hand signal and she would just lay down out there wherever she was. And, and then people were like, man, that, you know, why would you have your dog do that? You know, what? but for us, I mean, I bet you in her life that, you know, I bet we used it 10 or 15 different times that saved really big bunches or, you know, finishing out a limit and, you know, finish a hunt an hour sooner. So it's kind of cool to see people that have different, different, ways that they you know treat their dogs and what or you know you know that they work with them what um what how was the duck numbers up there well where we were I, I didn't really see huge duck numbers right where we were um they said the duck hunting had been excellent all of september um and that their the the recruitment had been really good um i think they must have moved or you know I, I of course i'm not a huge field duck hunter especially when they're you know 90 percent brown so um we weren't really asking to go chase them other than checking the boxes that we needed to check for product and tv and all that but uh i know brennan a little bit further west he he had he sent me a bunch of different clips of huge huge duck clocks coming in so everybody that i talked to that had been there all fall said that uh, the hatch was really, really good and there, there was great recruitment uh, on the on the duck side. Um, but I will tell you that the, the juvie hatch for snow geese, man, it was it was really good. Of course, we're seeing just that part, but but I've heard it from guys all over up there that, you know, lots of juvies and, and those guys were saying like three to eight babies per pair of, of snow geese. So it must have been a heck of a hatch. I might even be able to kill some this year. We, uh, we, man, the it's crazy. You know, right now we're not thinking about, well, I, I'm always thinking about it and you are too, but, uh, and, and several of the guys we talk to a lot are, but yeah, that juvie numbers, man, that gets you excited because that can turn it in from a train that, you know, from a train that flies on by for, to a train that wants to die pretty freaking quick. If you got some juvies in there, you know, some of the years that we've had juvies, I remember that, I remember that year we were beating on them around here. Oh, well, I mean, there's been some good years, but that year that Cole and those guys got into the uh, 595 or whatever it was back behind the lodge, basically 600 behind the lodge and three quarters somewhere in the afternoon. Remember how good that juvie year was. I mean, we were just tattooing those things. Oh, yeah. So fun. Um, So hopefully, hopefully, you know, and, and of course it's not because I like hunting. I'm just doing, trying to do my part for conservation. So 
uh, it's really a it's a heavy task. Yeah. Happy to do it, but uh, the other thing you got to remember, you know, when you're you're throwing these big numbers out there, I mean, you're talking about you know minimal amounts, minimal numbers of people, and only three shots per gun. And uh, so, right. you know, it's one. I was going to hit on that, 10, yeah. And you got each guy's got ten shells in the gun, and there's you know seventy five hundred rounds going off per flock. You know, versus twelve rounds, there there's a big difference. And there's you know, and there's geese. limits. There's limits, right up there. It's fifty, and yeah, it's fifty where we were hunting. That's still a great. I mean, that's still awesome. But yeah, that uh, that's the thing. When we're when Ira was talking about his numbers, he's talking about a Canadian fall hunt, and I'm talking about spring conservation order, which is obviously probably a lot of you know, but some of you might not. In Missouri, the I mean, anyways, where we hunt at the spring conservation order is no plugs in your gun. There's no limit. And you, uh, so like with magazine extensions, you know, I'll have 10 shots at my disposal. So I might be able to knock down as much in one flock as what two or three guys could knock down with just three shells, you know? So it's a big, I'm not saying me, but I'm saying somebody could, I'm not that good of a shot, but, but everybody it, it makes a huge freaking difference whenever it's spring and fall. So these number Ira's are ta- Ira is talking. I wasn't trying to overshadow. I was just thinking to win the last, you know, we've had some good juvie hatches. You can really stack them up in the spring. That's for sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, the, the big hunts up there are so different because you need lots of flocks. Right. And so they were just strung out coming and uh, you know, it wasn't big spins. It was, you know, here that here would come another little batch or whatever. And you might have, 10 or 20 or you know like 50 would be a, a really big number that was coming versus in the spring here you know 50 would be a pretty small number unless you're getting down to the to the end where you're just gb hunting really man i remember a couple well it's been several years ago but when we were up in saskatchewan hunting with schulte and um the towhead guys colt and case and uh trent allman and those guys i i love that i love when it's like 15 come in and if you got some shooters, it's all 15, you know, and then you you have 30 come in and then 25 or 30 die, you know, that it's just kind of fun. It's a fun, you know, those, those geese up there, those Canadian, uh, up those Canadian um, snows at that time of year, a lot of times they act more like honkers, you know, like here they come and they come in a group of, of 15 off the feed, you know, to the field, kind of like what a, what a honker group would back here, you know, not that they behave the same way, but just kind of those manageable numbers um what obviously i've been to saskatchewan wide open you know stuff around the quills what where how was the topography where you were hunting was it more rolling was it more like um was it more like what you see where are those towns that you and aaron and wilburn all them used to hunt by you know uh they're closer to saskatoon is it more like that or is it more wide open no it was it was real uh a lot of broken, smaller fields. The, all the swath was gone when we went there. They'd already bailed it all. And uh, so there were a lot of hay bales around. Nowhere to hide to lay out blinder and bisman, really. Or, uh, yeah. And so we hunted out of bursa blinds mainly. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was real hilly over there. Um, yeah, there was a lot of topography. It was a cool, really cool part of the world. And man, I tell you what, from, I don't know from where we stayed in North Dakota. We we spent the night in Jamestown. The Dakotas are fairly dry. They did get some rain between you know when we went and when we came. That they must have had a pretty good rain because there was some sheet water. But 
I tell you what, all of all of southern Saskatchewan, at least southwest Saskatchewan, is oh, buddy. It, I mean, there is no water, like zero. You know, just we went through areas where I've seen tons of water found in the past, and there was nothing there, no water, no birds, and. Uh, but it sounded like that that had kind of happened more recently, you know. I think they had a, a much better amount of water in the spring, and it's just kind of disappeared through the summer, and then even more so recently. So, yeah, hopefully they start getting some rain and snow, and have have good frost this fall, so that we're you know we can be in a better or good situation for next year. But the reports that I've heard, I know we had some dismal breeding pair numbers that came out came out, but I the word on the street that I'm hearing is that the fall flight is going to be really good. I, I was looking at just following along with Luke and some of these guys up at HF and in, in Saskatchewan, looks like they've really been doing well. Um, looks like they've been, you know, getting after them and looks like their dogs have been getting some work. And I saw Tony yesterday, we were talking about, he said very, very good, you know, huntable, you know, just very good numbers and the same thing. And he was saying widgeon, huge flocks of widgeon they were getting into. Just looked like the widge had a really good hatch, which that'd be great. You know, it's it's funny. I always wonder, you know, what parts of Canada and what ducks take what routes. But if you're a member, it was kind of funny. I know it's teal, but what is it? Yorkton? Is that what where y'all's lodge is up there? Yorkton? So, yeah. so remember, remember that real good teal year when you and I both hit the deer and we were going down the bottoms to hunt that day that Phillips oh, yeah. and Greg and I hunted and I shot a, well, we shot a band and I drew and won and it was banded in Yorkton like five days previously. And it was like HF had just headed up there and they had just got there and we shot that, uh, that banded teal and it in like four or five days it had come from Yorkton, Saskatchewan to Sheraton County and you know, so it's just kind of funny that it took that flight, you know, and that that it, it as they were going there, it was coming here. So it just kind of makes you wonder where your ducks come from and stuff. Evidently, some of our teal come from that Saskatchewan corridor right there. And uh, they, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's interesting. We don't have a ton of ducks around here. There's definitely some places that, that have some, there's some pockets of birds, but it's not like, you know, Greg and I were talking about it today. You know, these last few years, we've been early, you know, we've had, youth season has been straight mallard killing a lot of it you know i mean you know these last several of the last few few years we've been absolutely filthy with mallards and we just we're definitely not right now it's kind of back more like what what we uh what we've seen in in the previous in previous times whenever it's you know mostly gray ducks kind of scarce um i'm sure the opener will be just fine but it looks like we're supposed to get a little bit of a a cold front so that might be interesting yeah, I mean, where we were hunting the high, supposed to be in the low twenties for three days next week. So there's going to be some birds moving out of there. But you know, the other thing about those years when we got, you know, I think it was like four in a row where we got birds real early. We had a lot of water on the landscape those years too, and I think we were we were stopping and and retaining a bunch of those early migrants that when we we're dry, just kind of go on. I too. And another thing is, if you'll remember, a lot of those years when we get them super early, it's like you know, you don't ever get, there's been a couple years where we've had them early where we never got another big push day. You know, like one of those days where, and you guys listening might know what I'm talking about. You know, the, obviously those flight days where it's like, oh, everybody's seeing new ducks and, you know, so-and-so's getting big bunches and so-and-so did a group of 200 and so-and-so saw this and that. And it's almost that everybody's kind of texting like, oh yeah, we didn't, there's been years where we haven't had those here because 
um, we've just had them all for so long. And it seems like that's when they really get nocturnal bad too. So I don't mind, especially as somebody that deer hunts most of the first part of season, I definitely don't mind a little bit of a later, a later push as far as, uh, you know, I like that veterans day push. That always seems like it works good. And we always seem to get a good push in, around the 11th of November and 10th. And, but you know, maybe we're setting up for that or maybe we'll get them all tomorrow. You just never know. But, um, but we definitely don't have them, but we, de like you said, we definitely don't have the water. I mean, everybody that's got pumps is trying to get water going. I was at Locust Grove this morning. We had to rob a piece of poly pipe for a disaster we had over at my place. And, uh, there really wow. wasn't, there really wasn't much on there. Uh, but also, like you said, there's not a ton of water. They were get shoving water down into three, uh, and pool three and, uh, pool one had some water and they were shoving it down into three. So there wasn't much on one. So Creek pumps were running and, and uh yeah we got youth season this weekend so it'll be interesting to see how that goes yeah i mean you know i don't know i always kind of hate the opener uh because i don't know it's just so many years it's more of a pass shoot than anything you know what i mean you've got that type of duck you got little ducks and they're getting kicked off place where they've been living and and uh i, I won't I won't be. I, I mean, I'm, something could happen if I kill a deer before then. I'm I'm going to be getting into hunting pretty hard this next week. But I mean, I might go on the on the opener just because the opener. But but I've also skipped a plenty of opener, and I could I could easily see this keying up for one. I'm going to be in the deer stand for just because I I mean, like I said, if we get a push before whatever, but I'm not going to skip good deer weather to go shoot six teal and and three shovelers with a couple guys, but. I don't know. We might, we might be all right. I will say one thing. There is a pile of wood ducks around. Good God. We were up at yes. Cadillac club and there was freaking helping Greg, uh, and their brush blinds. So there's a zillion wood ducks and there's a bunch at, at the farm there where we're at too. And there's a bunch at Locust Grove too. So, uh, it'll be, it'll be a lot of wood ducks shot and there are probably quite a few bands killed. Well, nothing wrong with that. I'll shoot them while we have them because, they start getting pretty thin about November 20th. Yeah, but you know, it just it seems like they hang out on that refuge. It seems like they hang out on Swan longer than they hang out up north. I don't know why. But, you know, there's been years where we've shot some, you know, late December. It just seems like there's always that that home flock that just seems to hang around the refuge in those flooded woods or whatever. I don't know why, but it just seems like it. Well, we'll see what happens. I'm ready for it. I know that. Did we talk about my elk hunt? I can't remember. I don't, I don't think we ever did. I don't think you've been, I don't think you've been home for two days since. Yeah. Well, I did go elk hunting again this year. That was, that was cool. That was a challenge for sure. Darn near, uh, darn near killed me, but I did end up, did end up getting one. Um, I mean, you take them however you can get them. I, I'll take a look over skill any day, but, uh, but did have, I mean, just incredible, uh, country out there and, man killing country out there for sure the place we're we're hunting it burnt in 2018 and so there's a bunch of you know trees that have fallen over everywhere and not much cover and it was a way different hunt than last year last year we had a different ranch and they they had a lot better ears there than they did in this place but uh but yeah i got a nice one and uh we'll be eating a lot of elk this fall i know that i didn't know that you uh i didn't know you went to a different place this year yeah, it was owned by the same people, but they sold the place that I hunted on last year, which was much more Midwestern friendly. And uh, and like I said, the the elk, the the bulls there were they they certainly played a whole lot nicer on that ranch than these guys over here. I think it's kind of like turkey hunting, man. There's so many elk there. I think those big bulls are just like a 
old gobbler and they know what's been working for them. And most of the time they have their cows anyway. And, uh, you know, it, boy, it's, it's a lot tougher to get them to come to you there than it was at the other place. Really? Do they, yeah. do they respond much? Oh yeah. I mean, they'll bugle, but, but they just don't really, you know, I, they'll answer you, but they don't really come. Yeah. So, and that's painting with a broad brush. Yeah, um, I'm sure. I'm not saying they, you know, I had one come in, but it was dark and he was at 30 yards, man. It was thrilling. I mean, in the, in the dark and he's just blowing my eardrums out. It was cool. Um, I was thinking back to openers. Remember that opener, um, that first year that we really had a ton that I remember, like it was that first year I was, uh, I remember coming up the road. I'm like, what in the hell? You know, like a week before season, but remember me, you, Tom, Aaron, and maybe you, Tom, Aaron. Maybe it was just us four. Remember we hunted heaven and I shot that banded hen. Remember I was, I was the last one to, to shoot and uh, that yeah. hen came in. I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to shoot it. And, and Aaron was like, let's just get it, kill it and get the hell out of here. I was like, no, nah, I really don't want to shoot a hen. But then he said it again. I'm like, well, it ain't my place. So I'll go ahead and shoot it. And it was banded. I do remember that. That was fun. I remember somebody, uh, Cole, Cole or somebody killed a band. They killed a band on Mason's. Like there was like four bands killed on the, in the North Bottoms that, that morning, which was just wild. I don't know. Uh, I don't ever usually kill many duck bands, but it's kind of nice when it works now and again. Yeah, that's unusual for our part of the world, but it, I have hunted heaven the last two or three openers, um, and we've done pretty good. But uh, yeah, you know the last two openers, if you remember, we didn't have any water or ducks, either one. And as luck would have it, right before the season, we got a uh, big rain and a, a little flood and cold front, and all of a sudden we had ducks and water. So we might oh, have. Man. It looks like we might have a little Arctic blast type thing coming at us here into next week, you know, like right before season. This I tell you what, this year wasn't that weird. Uh, talk about timing, teal. We didn't have shit for teal. And then all of a sudden we go out that morning. It's like, what in the hell's going on? You know, I mean, there's teal everywhere. Um, yeah. Rode that little front on the way in. But, yeah, I'm trying to think, uh, Do you? what do you guys have that you've um, developed that you're looking forward to hunting? Do you have any new spots or anything different? I know – I know you've got good food some places you don't usually. We've got we got that triple sevens hole. We got a new little timber hole there at our place. And we we've put it in last year and we gave it the old college try on getting it in with chainsaws and skid loader and uh just different ways that classic case of this ought to work. Yeah, I don't know why it wouldn't. Well, why it wouldn't is because shit like this never works, you know. And so after we got the water in it, we realized pretty quick that that it was a it was nothing more than a uh, 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 exercise of futility. We had a freaking hole the size of the back of my pickup. So I, I cashed the chips in on that one pretty quick and told them as soon as season's over, let's get it, let's get it right. So this year, I think we've got it right and it's in a pretty good spot. I filled it up with water this week. It looks pretty good. Got the blind built. It looks okay. It's one of my style of blinds, which is uh, not, not a really much of a blind, but hog panels. Me and Jason got those done, and I think it's going to be really good. I could be wrong, been wrong many times. Got a new blind built on the place, and we kind of redid the whole place on drainage and a few other things. So I'm kind of looking forward to duck season. Um, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to it, but I'm looking forward to hunting those different spots. But I'm trying to think, did you all do any major projects, Ira? No, but but the plan is to uh, is to 
pump the chapel this year and hunt it. We haven't hunted it for a few years, so we're going to revamp and have a new, you know, another place to go um, that we haven't been hunting. And we did some work on the mega pit, kind of put another false floor in it, brought it up another six inches, changed the changed the hiding style on it. So we'll see if that's more comfortable and effective to hunt out of. So, and then uh, we also, we hadn't brushed or hunted out of the North pit and golly, I don't know. It's been a long time, um, but we've got some really good habitat around it. So we got it cleaned out and pumped out and brushed. So there's a few spots that we haven't hunted for a couple of years that, uh, that we've got ready to go. And so hopefully they'll be productive this year. I think the last time I was in the North pit, I was filming out of the North pit while y'all were hunting in Invisimans out of, out in the pool. The last time yeah, that, we were doing it for some Momarsh content. That was it. The Invisiman blind itself hadn't been out for very long. Remember the last time there was really good corn in one. Remember you go out that walkway and we had those Invisimans set right on the edge, right there on the right. And we had a couple good shoots out there. I was just telling Greg about that today, right there in that little hole. Uh, man, that was, that was fun. I, they, so yeah, there's this pool called pool one. It's a really big, it's probably, I guess it's your biggest hunting pool. Um, I guess. And anyways, it, it has good corn in it this year, good moist soil. So that's going to be pretty interesting. That's going to be really interesting. I think that's going to be, um, really good. I hope anyway. That blood hurt us there, but, uh, but we've got, yeah, we've got some food out there. So hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll, Get, you know have some duck use out of it. the flood the flood took us from a decent corn crop at the farm to you might be able to bundle enough corn stalks now to put them on people's doors for halloween if you lived in a really small town uh <laughs> I, I mean we've we've got yeah we went from we went from oh hell we're gonna kill them to oh halloween decorations pretty freaking quick we don't have shit for corn so um for all you guys to the south the short stoppers are not us. We tempted to, but we were not able to. Uh, we were not able to contribute I, to the efforts. I think what's going to happen, the last time we had uh, an August flood like that and the corn died uh, while the while the cob was still maturing and, and filling out, I remember that, you know, your stalks are weak, and I, I don't know what happens to the, the cob and the husk and all that, but I, I do remember that when we started putting water on it, you may remember this that all the all the cobs started slipping out of the husks yep and so man you'd walk around and the water would have been on that corn for like a week and all of a sudden all the ears are just falling out of yeah. the yes the husk laying on the ground yes and the till you could not you couldn't beat them out of there i do remember so i would not be surprised if we don't have the same thing happen this year i mean it's kind of you know there's not a whole lot of food there um because you know they were only a third a third grown and filled out when when they died but uh, uh it'll be interesting to see how much of it just falls over and how much of it slips slips ears out of the husk this year remember those remember that time me you billups and sean sorter had that hunt down the southwest pool and there was like that group of like three thousand teal remember that yes that's the craziest yes. teal flock i've ever seen in my life it, it just i was video and i watched it the other day i'll have to i'll have to share the thing to this page but it, it was a beehive that never stopped. I mean, I was videoing. I was like, uh, like we had a group of like a hundred and I was like, uh, guys, I'm saying on that the thing and me and Sadie were back there in the back. It was an ice hole. She was up on the ice sitting on a Momarsh, uh, an Invisalab in an Invisalab. And I was back there. I was like, guys, are we shooting? 
what the hell's going on? No one shot. I was like, these guys must be asleep. Well, I couldn't see all these others coming. And there was just thousands of, it was, it was the craziest thing, but that was, that was a, gosh, it's fun shooting late deal like that, man. They get bunched up and crazy. That's hard to call the shot. They were just going from every different direction and huge wads. And I don't know, we finally shot at something. I think we barely scratched feather out of all that. I think we waited till they kind of a bunch of them went on and then tried to do the old what's left in the corn, hop them up and shoot them. And by the time everyone jumped out of their Invisalabs and fell over, I think, yeah, we got two or, or Invisalabs. I think we got two or three. I was like, well, that was interesting. I was shooting a camera. The other thing about that hunt, I dropped my, dropped my phone in the water and like waist deep water and old sorter took his shirt off and went yeah, we, swimming. Uh, boys, you, I, this gentleman, I've only had the pleasure to meet a few times, but everybody needs a friend like him. Ira dropped his phone. He's like, damn, I dropped my phone. And uh, this dude freaking did a full military breakdown. It was like Navy SEAL shit. I was like, what is going on? I looked over and this guy's got, he went from full, he went from Sitka Claws to Baby Jesus. He was completely naked almost. And he went down in the water like, dude, it's not that serious. He was the ice plunge dude before David Goggins. And he found it. He did. He put it back up, and I think all he got for doing all that was scolded at Iro whenever he by Iro whenever he missed a couple easy shots. But he's out there somewhere. He's out there training somewhere. It's like I guarantee he's like Rocky Balboa. That dude was that dude was hardcore. Yeah, he went he went down. I was like, what in the world? Now you do it daily. <laughs> yeah, I mean I do. I he he inspired. Never knew how he inspired me at the time. Um, but. Yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think it's going to be really an interesting year, like you said. I mean, if the numbers are good, it's interesting. We have good good numbers and and kind of dry around here. You know, a lot of the a lot of the holes, like I mean, like the cutoff lake at Dalton is literally as dry as my is my floor here. So I mean, there's no water in it. There's no water, and I mean, I don't know. Have you talked to anybody at Sunshine Ira? I know you do daily, but I wonder if they have any water over there. No, I I don't or I, I haven't. I'm sure they've got some water. Yeah, right. And I'm sure they've got a little bit of water, but it, it's dry. That's for sure. I got to tell, I'll tell that story since we're here. Uh, we were having a rough stretch and I wasn't here. That was back when him and Aaron used to work and th they would like do sw switches where I would be gone for like three, four days and Aaron would be gone for three, four days. And I was the lucky one. Cause I, I wanted to work, but had no customers. So I was just hunting every day. And, uh, getting a good laugh out of these people back at their jobs while I was sitting there freaking trying to hunt. Anyways, we were like sitting there, not killing anything, nothing. It was super slow. And we get the morning. How's it going? You know, from Ira checking in and like, Oh, not too good. And every freaking day, inevitably, I don't know who was hunting at, at, at sunshine Lake, if it was Jesus Christ and St. Peter or what, but they killed them every day. And it'd be like, yeah, you guys kill anything. No, I haven't seen any ducks. Oh, migrators from the North at sunshine. They're beating their ass killing shooting five we both be getting these texts and after like seven days of it i said if i hear one more word about sunshine i was like i'm gonna go down there myself if i can find it but yeah so now anytime i anytime we're having a slow hunt aaron will be like man i bet they're beating that ass at sunshine like I it is pretty nice well it must be i do have a story i don't know i can't i can't remember if i told you but if i did uh we'll tell the other people but we're we're hunting up there in canada and uh, it, there was no wind, and we're just, you know, it, it, it was okay. We were shooting a few birds, but it, it wasn't anything too exciting. We had the camera guys behind us, and all of a sudden we hear, Aah! like the freaking Indianapolis 500, and hmm. here comes a guy in a blue truck 
almost runs over one of the camera guys, slams on the brakes. He's he's a 60-year-old man with a big old bushy beard, and he gets out of his truck, and he says, who the fuck are you? To the to the young guy, and he doesn't say a word, you know, and then he goes, who the fuck are the rest of you? He goes, <laughs> I'm going to beat every one of your asses. And there was like, I don't know, with the camera guys, there were like eight of us or, or something. And uh, so, man, he's going on and on and on and on and on. And uh, they finally get him kind of semi-simmered down. Not much, but a little bit. And so he leaves, and uh, I'll be danged if we don't bring the, the rental Yukon back out into the field, and it's got a completely flat tire. What do you think could have happened there? Yeah, that's that's surprising. Side, sidewall had a slash the perfect size of a knife about an inch and a half long, and uh, we got to spend about an hour out there in the field changing the tire. So, you know, and, and all the younger people were like, Ira? have you ever had something like this happen to you before? I said, oh, yeah. They said, really? I said, oh, yeah. And I said, but the difference is every time I've had it besides this time, I was always in the wrong. They're like, oh. <laughs> the classic Canadian shit show. Uh, we've been mm -hmm. in some of them. We got in one where we got in the wrong field one time. We called this guy. Hey, man, would it be okay if we hunt? No, absolutely not. I got people hunting on my property. I don't want anybody out there. All right, sounds good. Dang it. So let's go find. So we we're like, all right, so we go the next section over and we found or two sections over or something. And we found a really good shoot. And we're like, oh, cool. So we call this other guy. He's like, yeah, go ahead. So in the night, when I drove back out there, we got confused and ended up on this other guy's property that already said no whenever I called him the day before. So we going out there and hunt. We're set up. Me, Ira, Kevin, we're out there hunting. Really good shoot. And uh Ira goes back to the house on one of his missions and it's Kevin and I are out there just still shooting my man. What a good, what a great hunt. And this truck pulls in and pulls out I'm like, Oh, I'm just turning around. I don't know. And Ira calls back. He's like, well, I got good news. Like, all right. He's like, I found a field for tomorrow is the good news. Like, okay, what's the bad news? He's like, we're actually on the dude who told us no. Uh, <laughs> in a straight, he's like, pick the spread up immediately. He's like, what? So we got it picked up. The funny thing is the next year when we went back, we were bullshitting, telling this story, and this guy's like, what feel was it? He explained it right to us. He's like, dude, I was going out with friends to hunt that, and you all were there. Remember? Yes. Whoops. Yeah. I went back, and I'm sitting on the pot and looking looking at this map, and all of a sudden it dawns on me. I'm like, oh, my God, we're a mile from where we're supposed to be. We're in the wrong field, and it, the guy told us no. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh boy, okay, we'll make quick work of this and uh, get out of there ASAP. I mean, we we got up when he called. We got up. We're running through the field, picking up decoys, picking up ducks, picking up wounded ducks. What a disaster! But yeah, I mean, uh, some deals there. That's for sure. Hey, hey, don't don't blame us. We're foreign. We're out. Of, we're in a different country. Um, yeah, what crossing that border, man? There's just so many different ways to get. In to just create issues for yourself. I remember one time we were flying up there, we were going to Hudson Bay. And so it says, you know, right on the declaration deal, and they ask you, do you have any vegetables? Do you have any meat? Blah, blah, blah. Well, the answer was no to everything. We're on a private plane, and uh, the lady steps in the door, and the cooler's open, and guess what it's full of? Mm -hmm. Deer salami. So immediately she's like, I thought you said you didn't have any meat. Oh, well, yeah, we forgot about that whole cooler of, Dear Salami, this one, mad cow disease is going on. She said, get out of the plane. Everything's coming off. 
So that costs mm. about five hours. <laughs> God, that's frustrating. So declare what you have. You can take one case of shells, I think 200. And, you know, if you have 250 case, they'll probably let it slip. But whatever you have, just tell them. You might have to pay a couple dollars in duty, but that is way better than them going, well, why didn't you tell me about this? Or why didn't you tell me about that? I mean, and, and what's the deal on tobacco? Isn't there, isn't there something weird with chewing tobacco? I think you're only allowed to have one log is the maximum you can bring in with no duty. So, you know, if you go up there with five logs, you just got to tell them, hey, I've got five logs. I'm a, I chew four cans a day. And, uh, you I'm know, you just dinner. have to pay a little bit of money. It's not, You're not going to jail, but but you're just going to have to pay a little tax. But if that's you don't why you kids them, need to get off that damn nicotine. I hear you. I agree 100%. <laughs> uh, I always get a kick out of everyone, all the duck hunters that quit chewing first day in the duck blind. I thought you quit. <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so this year, yeah, so this year, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be interesting, you know, with no water, like you said, in some of these places, what they do. You know, last year we didn't have any water. And it created some really, really good dry field hunting in certain areas. You know, people that were used to ducks that were used to having some flooded food that they didn't have. And, you know, they still stayed and they still were in the area. But um, but getting out into the into the cornfields and bean fields, we had some really good shoots last year on the dry side. Uh, we did not include Ira, but yeah, good for you. No, Ira didn't show up. He was too busy shooting them over his own uh, place. But... <laughs> Uh, no, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of what else on the hunting side. Um, so the, the Swan Lake, we, I said, we we're going to talk about that. We never did. Uh, Swan Lake was going to hunt, going, going to the, you know, they've, they've had a hunting program for a while. They, uh, did away with the hunting program due to, I guess, short staffing. And then now they've reinstated the hunting program due to, in part to public outcry and, um, some other organizations getting involved. And so from what I understand, and I know Iris talked with the guy, but from what I understand, there's going to be hunting on the refuge, but it's going to be a modified plan. There's going to be different. There's going to be a different, not maybe not some of the same places and maybe not as much. I don't know, but I do think, I know there's going to be some hunting on Swan Lake. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, and I don't know what they've been doing the last couple of years, but I do know that it's all an automated draw through a third party. Um, there won't be any daily draw or, or daily staffing that I know of. And then, uh, uh, I think there's, I think they're hunting six blinds that are all kind of right there on the North side of North side of Swan Lake. Uh, and then I can't remember, I think they're still hunting that walk-in area over on the South side of silver. Yeah. But yeah. It's like six a, blinds. There's some trees and shit over in there and W lane or whatever, or W whatever that is. There's some cool, man. I don't support the hunting program on Swan. I really wish there wasn't one. I just don't like it. Um, and that, and I didn't like it before I had a property there close by. Um, I've just, I've always been the one that I just don't like it, but, um, man, talk about, obviously it's, it's one of the coolest habitat rich areas in the state, but man, some of those, some of those spots, um, and I don't even think they're allowed. A lot of them aren't even open for hunting, but man, there's some cool flatlands and hardwoods and things on that, on that place that if it was a private place, man, there's some spots set up freaking cool hunting. there. 
Yeah, I think their success in that that flooded slash down there south of Swan's pretty good. Um, although, you know, I think the guys that are hunting hunting it have the the right equipment and all you know all that stuff. I don't think it's something where guys that aren't re- you know really prepared are, are going to do very well unless you go in there with what you need and have a pretty good idea of what you're doing. You know what I've found like out. Good waders too. What'd you say? Look like a good place you can go swimming for sure. Yeah, I think you can. I think it's one of those deals where you can train for the Olympics with one wrong step. But yeah. I, uh, I don't know. You know, I'm talking with a lot of people, I've had a lot of people ask my opinion on it and why I think that why I don't like the hunting and why you know whatever. Um, I've come to find out there's a lot of people that have actually never been there at all. Like most of the people that are most of the people, and you can have an opinion on it. It's a it's a you know federal you know federal preserve um so everyone's entitled to their opinion uh, that pays taxes but um so many people haven't never have never seen it you know people that are for hunting people that are against hunting it they've never even stepped foot on the property and really you know i would encourage everybody um to come and check it out even in the off season like right now is a great time uh, to go check it out if you guys are if anybody you know from missouri or in the midwest here you ought to come check it out you know go it'd be a cool time to go check out fountain grove and and check out uh swan lake you can drive through a lot of the refuge there's walking trails open till till season here so they'll be open another week 10 days whatever but man it's a cool place and you you really should check it out don't they shut a bunch of that down on uh, october 15th no october uh well they no no they don't because i was there today uh no it's october 20 something really yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I know Fountain Grove used to always be October fifteenth, and I thought I thought the refuge was the same way, but maybe I not. think no, because no, because they're always we always go. Everybody's always touring it on Goose Festival, so I know it's open till mm-hmm. then. Uh, but you you know sometimes Goose Festival's the the twenty second or whatever. But this year it's on opening day. But you know it'll be it'll be shut down then. But um, but anyways, it's cool if you haven't even in the summertime. It's cool you know you can go see the deer and all that stuff out in the bean fields and, and in the switchgrass and all that shit. But it is just a cool in silver Lake. You can fish on it and all that, you know, it's just cool to see. It's just cool to see all the um, habitat there. So if you haven't been, you ought to give it a try. You can get in by Minden or up by Sumner. There's a couple of entrances to it, but it's a cool spot. It's a real cool spot. And thank, thank God we have it. You know, it's just such a, such a good asset to our area. Joe, what have you heard about uh, Blue Tongue, EHD, whatever here lately? Are there are still air dying? You know, I actually talked to a friend of mine in Gallatin, Missouri, yesterday, and uh, they're, they definitely he definitely feels like a couple of the guys he hunts with have lost several deer. Um, I, I can't say for sure because I had one that I thought was sick on camera, a pretty good three-year-old. Um, I thought it was sick, and – he seems to be fine. He's back. And so, you know, I don't have a lot of deer, maybe one or two that I don't know anything about, but most of the deer that I was looking for from last year, I've seen again, or have seen with my eyes or, or via camera. So I don't know if our area didn't get hit as hard or, or we did. And I just don't know about it. I haven't seen or smelled anything there at the house. Most of the deer that I thought would be back are back. And, uh, I've got a bedding area there right there at my house. And I, I haven't, haven't noticed any buzzard circling or anything like that. So, I'm sure we've lost a few, but, but hope to God that, that not in our area, um, not, uh, so God, I hate, I hate that. It's terrible, uh, losing deer like that, especially the bucks, just cause, just cause, you know, we put so much time and effort into chasing them, but 
No, I haven't. I really haven't. Um, I really haven't. I don't know what, uh, I don't know what anybody else is saying. I don't talk to a lot of people about deer kind of just don't, but, uh, we saw that we had a really good Turkey hatch this year, in my opinion. And I've seen turkeys everywhere. There's turkeys all over Locust Grove, all over that thing. It seems like there are always are, you know, there's just such good brood rearing habitat there with all the, you know, shorter trees it's, and grass. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool what you guys have done with that. You know, I was looking at it today. We ought to talk a little bit about that before we get off here. But so basically when you guys bought the place, I'm I'm saying what I think and you can you can change you can, you know, uh edit what I'm saying here. But basically you bought the place. The guy either said, I'm either putting it in WRP and I'll sell it to you, or you can put it in WRP. And here's and there's two different price points. Basically, I want the same amount in my pocket no matter what, whether I need to, you know, get some of that from WRP or not. So if I understand he enrolled it in WRP right before you purchased it. Yeah, I mean, we couldn't we couldn't afford we didn't have money for the down payment. We didn't have money for it either way, but we damn sure didn't have money for it unenrolled. Um, so we had to have him enroll it and take that 1200 bucks off the total 1200 bucks an acre off the total uh to have uh, you know a target for a down payment that was even possibly remotely possible and so uh you know hindsight's 2020 but if we had been able let's say to to not have to put any money down and just paid the note for 14 months we would have got the farm for free and put $200 an acre in our pocket. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. Honestly, that's but, what, when you, so when you pulled into the farm though, was it all just one big bottom or was it, or was it yeah. like, was there, but was there, was it like one field or was there like several fields out within the bottom and ditches and shit running everywhere? One field. Yep. One field. The only thing that was there were those W ditches that are in pool three that are still partly mm -hmm. remaining, mm -hmm. you know, those kind those came all most of the way towards the front. So, so and basically it was all tillable. They came in there when you, when they enrolled it. And so like when you guys got it, it was what mostly bare dirt from where they'd done all the dirt work. No, no. When we got it, no, nothing had been done. When we bought it, um, it was, it was just that, that fall, they had hauled everything out of there. Um, and, and it was wet. And so, God, the ruts were just ungodly. It took them about five years to go away. I mean, you could hardly take a, a truck or a wheeler across there. It took a long time for those ruts to disappear. But um, we bought it, and then we didn't start development on it until the next summer. So so did you even hunt uh, it that year? Well, we didn't have – there was no water. So, no, not really. We were hunting other places. You know, we may have hunted – I think we got a little water in the south end, and we hunted there a time or two. But no, we we had other spots that were better, and uh, and then we developed it the next year. Well, the uh, you probably remember this, but the master benchmark was set a half a foot low, so everything, all the infrastructure that was there, was all set a half a foot below spec, yeah. and nobody knew it until we put water on there. And I'm like, man. We're at full pool, and we do not have near the water we were supposed to. So then we had to come back and do it again the next year. So yeah, it. Uh, so, but did, but when, when you developed it, did you have much moist soil at all? Or I mean, obviously the soil was wet, but I mean, did you have much food and habitat, or was it mostly just a big old mud flat? 
No, that first year was, you know, the way herbicides work, but way better than I do. But, uh, you know, they had a lot of residuals on there. So that first year was a whole lot of pigweed. You know, there was a lot of pigweed, some smartweed, but really not a whole lot in the way of grasses. And, and we probably had a flood also, which probably set things back a little bit, you know. Um, but the vegetation that first year was lots of pigweed, um, and some smart weed and a little bit of millet, but, but way more pigweed that first year than we've ever had before, which, you know, it's a, as much as everybody hates it, it's a great duck food. Did you kill, did you kill much those first couple years? Oh yeah. 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 The hunting was good, but, but we didn't have the pumping capacity that we do now. So, you know if it was not a wet year or we didn't have a timely flood, we, we managed differently just because we didn't have the experience that we do now. Um, and, and we would start off with way less water than we try to start off with now, you know, now we try to make sure that we're close to halfway full for, you know, a, a week before opening day, just so that we can kind of get those birds started in there and have a safe spot for them to go when the guns start going off. Um, you guys had, didn't you guys used to just hammer the pintails out there though early? Yes. And, and, and I don't know, you know, if that was a function of, of how many were in the area or what, but, you know, I mean, you think about it. I don't know how you could hammer them much better than we did last year. I mean, I got my pintail break almost every day last year. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely good. I missed I missed a lot of the a lot of it deer hunting, but every time I hunted money, we got them. I know that. I mean, you know, let's just say over the shoot, you know, we've been hunting Lux Grove since two thousand six. I think it was the first year that it was in the park. You know, it was developed. So going on 20 years and over in what year we, we put in heaven in 2015. 15. So it's, it's been there for seven years last year. And in, in those seven years, we'd probably killed maybe seven, probably not even that five to seven pintails out of heaven last year. I don't know. We probably killed at least a dozen out of there. Yeah. Yeah. It was we, a good year for pintail. Yeah, for sure. But, but what, so where I was going with that whole point was on that farm, on that property though, it's like a, it's almost, depending on what angle you're looking at now, it looks like a timber at, at certain places. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's unreal yeah, how, how much is out there. What did you all plant and what's natural? We planted 14,000 oak trees. Um, They weren't all oaks, but, but I'd say out of the 14,000 trees we planted, I bet 11,000 were oak trees and, uh, man, the timing couldn't have been worse because in the first three years of those oak trees lives, they had water over the top of them. Oh God, probably, huh. I, I'm going to say 15 times. I mean, it just Christ, like, nonstop. and it was so stressful on those trees, you know, the water get over them, all their leaves fall off and, you know, you might lose 10, you know, I don't know, 10% of what you had with every flood just couldn't do it. You know, we planted them as whips. So they were just little trees, little bitty twigs. And uh, so a lot, you know, there were several of them that died that way, just too much water, too many times, too long. And then, you know, we, we didn't have kind of established paths back then because there was no vegetation. So, you know, you might mow here and then you might mow there. And as they got a little bigger, then you kind of mow the same areas. And, uh, 
So some of them died to that, but, uh, but golly, you know, there's still a lot of oak trees there that we planted. And of course we've got all the natural success succession stuff, which is mainly maples and cottonwoods and, uh, and uh, a few seconds and and some willow, obviously. Well, yeah, but the hash didn't it ain't gonna be around much longer. Yeah, you know, money is mainly ash trees. Yep. Uh, and they're all, you know, I'd say by twenty five, I bet they'll all be completely dead. Man, money's in it. Money that money hole is awesome. But yeah, anyway, so where I was going with that was just it's it's cool how you can transform a property. They literally bought a farm that was a crop field, and now it. I mean, it's definitely more. Um, it's definitely more wooded brush, buck brush trees than what you ever would think. I mean, there's some cool groves of trees. There's some. There's some spots within the pool, like there, uh, with that kind of that little horseshoe lake, kind of half moon lake there, south and south southeast of uh, money there. You know where I'm talking about, where those turkeys hang out, kind of south of Phalanx Hole or whatever. I mean, there's some serious timbered areas there, some wooded areas that you could walk for a while and be in trees the whole time. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then we had some overspray one year from a airplane that that really set back some of our butt brush and willows which which you know was not that, that kind of stuff we we love the the woody component and the ducks do too so you know we're we're trying to foster that and keep it healthy and promote it and, and do what we can to you know keep it as healthy as it can be well if we hopefully you guys are gearing up for season two um I don't know what what plans I have. I know I'm going to be hunting here. Obviously, I'm going to hunt in Arkansas some. I got to work down there some. I'm going to hunt down there some. Are you going anywhere right off the bat? Are you going on any trips that you know of off the first part of the season here? No, no, I'm not planning on going anywhere until January. I'm going on a crane hunt down in Texas, and then I don't know. We're talking about going somewhere with with the TV crew to maybe do something in January. But Canada was pretty good, so it took a lot of the pressure off. So I don't know what we'll end up doing. Uh, I remember last year you went to Puget Sound, like the third day of season or whatever the hell you did. Remember you left during season, early part of season, and went on some weird, bizarre trip. Where would you go? What was well, it? That was two years ago. Uh, we went out to Washington and Oregon and hunted out there and uh, shot – shot. that was where I shot that uh, Silver Drake. And, oh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. It, that Yeah. Let, well, we went to Idaho in January, and that was that was that was cool, man. That's that what I'm cool. thinking of. That's what I'm thinking of. How, hey, real quick before we get off here, how'd the VersaBlind do? Man, it was it was really good. You know, I've hunted out of them quite a bit, but always in the water for the most part. And so this was the most true field hunting that that we had done. And you know, by the end of the trip, we had we had that lick slick, you know, where we could set them up super quick um make them you know the wind was blowing 25 miles an hour a lot of those days and so we figured out how to tie those things together not time together but you know use the little bars that are in there the stabilizing bars and i mean it, they were awesome yeah did they, they were did they i mean they hid pretty good yeah for sure yeah no That's they were great yeah if you guys if you guys haven't checked them out you know a lot of guys are going to not always. I, I mean, I still had a hunt out of a layout blind a lot, a, a whole lot. So, uh, whatever. But a lot of guys are going to either hunting out of them exclusively or adding them to the arsenal, anyways. You know, if there's 
I know like the HF guys, like when I hunt with them, hell, they won't hardly hunt out of, I don't know when the last time they hunted out of a layout blind, they're always hunting out of those stand up type blinds, you know? And, uh, and that versa blind is cool because you could put it in the water and it adjusts the legs like the other Momarsh stuff. And then you can kind of, you know, if you're hunting in some cover or something like that, you can kind of bend them around corners and kind of set them up, you know, set them up in an L shape. Basically you can, you can set up in different spots. It's not like it's gotta be straight or it's gotta be, you know, um, a certain way they're kind of a as the name implies a versatile blind but uh i don't know we've hunted out of them quite a bit i just haven't you know i don't hunt out of them every day but i just curious was, was curious how it worked and, and how that product's been doing yeah it was good uh in fact the guides that were up there you know obviously they were guiding with out of them with us and they hunt you know they shot there were days where we had two guides with us so one would be the guide and run the dog and then the other guy uh, would would shoot with us and uh they were like man if you guys can we buy these off of you or or whatever um because uh or, or you know can you leave them or whatever uh because they they've been hunting out of a-frames and they were like these things are just quicker to set up and you know we can make the hole whatever we want and make them whatever height we want and so they they were like yeah they they saw the value in them and and said they were going to switch to hunting out of those. So that that's a pretty good testimonial for the burst blind. Oh yeah. Well, if you guys, you guys uh, listening, send us in some messages with how your season's going. If you've been up in Canada and the Dakotas or, or wherever you guys are now, um, I know Illinois, maybe North zone and Illinois opens this weekend. So uh, hopefully you guys get after them. Um, I'm just glad that we're getting to be where, where stuff to chase, whether that's ducks, deer, um, it just it's nice to have a little bit of a cool cool air in the morning when you wake up so thanks everybody for tuning in we're gonna get off here uh it's friday afternoon i got a couple more things to do before i call her a day but everybody thanks for tuning in and we'll uh we'll get back with a little more regularity now that ira's gonna be hunting here more and here more uh we'll we'll hit it up in another week or two and let you know how season's going probably get a little post opening week recap and uh we'll get back to getting guests on here as people start killing ducks and having stuff to talk about. So hope everybody enjoyed it. We sure did. Thanks for tuning in.